This is the Dance Printering Studio Podcast, session number 150. You asked, I answer. Listener questions on dance, life, and business. Hello, and welcome to session number 150 of the Dance Printering Studio Podcast. I'm Annette Bone, and the Dance Printering Studio is the place where dance inspires life and business. I get the joy and the privilege of sharing my journey back into the dance world after a super long hiatus, the lessons I've learned, the transformation I've experienced, and the wonderful creatives I've met along the way who also share their stories, their ideas, strategies, and tactics to help move your life and your business forward. So episode 150, I wanted to do something different. I'm taking listener questions, and I had to think about these answers. (laughs) I have some great questions to share with you. I'm so excited to get into these. And wow, got me thinking about lots of different things. And we tackle dance, life, and business, of course. I want to thank these wonderful people for taking the time to think about these and sending these to me and wanting to know my answers to them. I'm really honored. So Let's get to the session of me asking, not asking, answering these questions. Thank you so much for joining me. Hey, beautiful people. This is Alex Cespedes from the Project Book Podcast. And you're listening to the Dancepreneuring Studio with my good friend, Annette Bone. You ready? Let's go. Now that you're warmed up, get ready to go full out with our feature presentation. I love that questions can help facilitate deeper discussions on dance, life, and business. That is certainly the case as I'm thinking about this session and the questions I got from some listeners. Thank you again for submitting these and for thinking of these and for challenging me on some of these. This is great. So I'm going to go ahead and get into it. So from Joey Cooper, Artistic Director of Twisted Elegance, Boogie's Own Utopia, faculty member of Jan Fam the Movement, and I have to add hashtag Joey Cooper Fixes Your Life. If you want to learn more about that, go to session 148. You'll enjoy that. We had a great time talking about that. (laughs) So let me get into his questions. Why is dancing the answer? It isn't always the answer, but it is the answer for me. Why? Because it was a part of me that I gave up for 20 plus years. And resurrecting that part of me that I thought wasn't important was a critical choice I made in the last four years, because it's been the basis of everything that I get to experience today. And not only uh, not only what it has taught me, all the new lessons it's taught me, but what it has reminded me of things that I've forgotten or that I need constant nudging on. So it's it's been a huge answer for me. Next question. What is it about dancing that makes it a vehicle for exploration? It's the possibility of employing all of the senses to explore, play, and create. It's allowing yourself the challenge of being vulnerable, yet also testing your limits on control. I love that dichotomy. And then it's being able to use dance in different artistic and intellectual mediums. I just recently found out about an organization that uses dance and math together. Isn't that cool? So I'm reading this book that talks about the unfocused mind. I'll probably talk about it a little bit later, but I found out about this organization. I'm going to check it out. So anyway, yes, I love that dance is a vehicle for exploration. 
Next question. Do you feel dancing is a good teacher regarding life lessons? I definitely feel that dancing is a good teacher regarding life lessons. It's part of the reason I started this podcast. Next question. What has been the most pivotal dance performance you've seen? Whew, there are several, but the most recent one I would like to share that has been pivotal for me is called The Last One. It's by my two guests, Anthony Nikolchev and Hema Galeana. I had them on session number 106. And I actually got to work with Anthony at a movement workshop a few months ago, which was awesome. He's just as cool in person as he was on the interview. And it was pivotal for me because it reminded me about trust and abandon in performance. It stirred more questions after I watched it. And it made me evaluate how much more I want to learn and dig deeper through my dance journey. So thank you, Anthony and Hema, for the amazing work that you did in the last one. I'm just so glad that we got to talk and looking forward to seeing you again, Anthony and Hema, finally getting to meet you in person and take your workshop as well. So that has been a very pivotal dance performance that I've seen. Next question. Is there a common thread all of your guests share that you hadn't realized aside from dancing? It's a common thread that I was reminded of. It wasn't something that I realized for the first time. And I was reminded with my guests that their love of dance is regardless of outside circumstance. It was never about the notoriety, the security, fame, money, whatever. It's for the pure passion for the art of dance. And that is the common thread that I was reminded of. So my dear friend, Grace Young Grabham of houseofohm.com. Wow, we go way back and we have stories, <laughs> stories and dance experiences and all that kind of good stuff. But she had questions for me. So they are as follows. Knowing what you know now, how would you have approached training differently when you were in your 20s? Ooh, so much I can say about this. That would be several episodes. But this is what I would say in this episode. Number one, I wouldn't have given it up completely. It was an all or nothing thing that I did. It was, okay, either I do it or I don't. And if I don't, then I don't. I was just uh, going through a lot of mental things. So it was it was all or nothing. So I wouldn't have given it up completely. Number two, I would have spent more time developing my mental mindset. And I thought I was doing that. You would have thought that would have translated to me getting back into dance, but that didn't happen. That's a whole nother story. <laughs> Number three, I would have been more strategic about the what, who, and why. What classes I was taking, who I was taking them from, why I was taking these classes. What was I getting out of them? What was my end goal? So those are some main things I would have approached if I, you know, if I, I would have approached training differently when I was in my 20s. Next question. Do you hear that motorcycle? No, that's not the question. It's just, <laughs> there's a motorcycle outside. Okay. What advice would you give yourself and others with experience you've gained? I would say this. Winning starts with beginning. If you want to get back to something you love doing or start something you want to gain proficiency at, I would start somewhere. It doesn't have to be a monumental move. You can start with small steps and adjust as you go along. I know people that don't want to do things until they get everything perfect or until they have all the answers. And you don't get answers until you start doing things. You learn to adjust. And don't expect perfection and a linear journey. Life is, li life is linear, yes, but your journey is not. And that's okay. That's part of it. 
don't let others or your perception of others deter you from what you want to do. That's the advice I would give myself and others with the experience I've gained. That and so much more, but <laughs> that's the answer I'm giving now. So the next listener, Nick Goblish, my dear friend, fellow podcaster, dance dad, I also had him on the show, and he is the host of the Dependent Independent, I can talk, the Dependent Independent Podcast. You got to check that out. So here's his question. When you create something, have you ever felt when all is finished that you are sincerely disappointed on where you ended up? And if so, why? So there was a performance I did in high school that I didn't like how it turned out was for this assembly. (laughs) I'm still picturing it right now. I forgot what the song was and what I did, but I was so mad how it turned out. I thought that the audience perception of it was mediocre, maybe even though I had people come up to me and say, oh, it was so good. You did great. And I wanted everybody to know how mad I was. (laughs) So it it was, uh, I didn't hide my emotions very well. If I was mad, you knew I was mad. So I think I still do that now, but it's different. Anyway, another story. So yes, I was disappointed. And then that goes into um, the other part of the question where he asked where you felt you wanted to end up after the creative journey did not go according to plan. And yeah, I quit 20 over 20 years ago, I quit on this creative journey that I thought I was going to be in for 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 a long time, for the rest of my life. And I gave up on myself and I quit because I thought I had to I thought I didn't have what it took. I thought that I had to give it up completely. I just was not thinking the way that I think now and still learning how to perceive and learn and adjust and all these things that I talked about previously. So yes, lots and lots of regrets and disappointment, but lots of learning lessons. So yes, I have been disappointed, (laughs) but not disappointed now. Very excited about what's going on right now. My dear friend, Lisa Castro, my boy's best friend's mom asked me the following and she asked what my favorites are and why. So this is kind of fun too movie of all time. I don't have one favorite movie. I don't watch a lot of movies. And it's hard to pick one because there's different categories. (laughs) But one of them I can say is called Keeping the Faith. It's with Ben Stiller, Jenna Elfman and Edward Norton Jr. And the reason it's one of my favorites is because it's funny, (laughs) because it's silly. And I relate to the story of the Catholic priest. I love the scenes of New York that are shot because it's been a dream of mine to go to New York and experience Broadway and all that New York City has to offer. It's been a dream of mine for the longest time and I still haven't gone yet. So that is on my list to do. My favorite song, who? Lots of songs and different genres, but two that I would love to share is there are, there are two, yes. No Place I'd Rather Be by Jess Glynn and Latch with Sam Smith. And the reason I picked those songs is because not necessarily because of the lyrics, but the music played quite often when I started dancing again. So when it would play, I thought, oh, I'm here at the studio. I get to do what I gave up for so long. And I love this music. And it's just a reminder. So whenever I hear those two songs, it takes me back to when I started dancing again about four years ago and takes me to a happy place. So yes, those two songs food, my favorite food and why I would say Asian food and Chamorro food, which is from my background. So I'm, I'm half Korean. So I love Korean food. I grew up on Korean food. I love pretty much almost any type of Asian food, Japanese, 
Chinese, Vietnamese, Thai. Oh my gosh, I love Thai food. I love raw food too. There's this place called Under the Sun in Long Beach near the yoga studio I go to. And they have the yummiest raw food. Oh my goodness. So anyway, I could go on about raw food. But yeah, I Asian food, Chamorro food, raw food, coconut based food. I love that kind of stuff. Historical figure, my favorite historical figure is Jesus Christ because of what he did despite opposition. Person that I admire, I admire a lot of people for different reasons. But one of the people I admire, her name is Tamara Levinson. I've had her on the show. She's also known as Kuchira. And she was a professional dancer for over 20 years, a competitive gymnast in the Olympics, lots of cool things that she's done. And I admire her because she is unapologetic unapologetically who she is. Check her out. She does movement workshops all over the world. And she is so real and so authentic and such a sweet person. So she is one person that I admire. My favorite color and why forest green is on the top of the list because it represents life and vibrancy and health. I like earth tones. I like deep burgundies and I like shades of yellow I guess you'd yeah, earth tones, but forest green is definitely on top because of what it represents. Blogger. So when I think of blogger, I think of marketing people I follow as well. So there's a number of those. One of them that I like, her name is Marisa Murgatroyd from Live Your Message. I like the way that she communicates. She's very direct and to the point. I'm not really into the whole... (laughs) How do I say this? The whole like girly, frilly, that's not really me. So Marisa's not like that. She's serious to the point. Very, oh gosh, I don't know how quite how to describe it. I Let's just say I really resonate with the way she communicates. So if you listen to her, read uh, any of her stuff, you'll see why. I definitely resonate with the way that she communicates and she gives great content on marketing and different things. YouTuber. I don't watch a lot of YouTube videos, actually. I use them more for reference. I don't watch I don't watch YouTube just to watch YouTube but one of the channels I subscribe to that I love is Athlean X for Women. It has a lot of a lot of hit workouts that I've incorporated within my training in the last what, 3 4 years on and off so Athlean X for Women I do like that. Let's see favorite ice cream and why oh my gosh I love Earl Grey ice cream but I have not found a dairy free creamy version of it. So if you know one <laughs> sent it my way. Last time I had a regular Earl Grey ice cream it was it was several months ago it was I think after a dance class and it was somewhere up in LA and they had those kind of flavors that I like. So I like kind of interesting flavors like that Earl Grey's one but Right now, because of the texture, I do like cashew milk ice cream. So it's very creamy, very much like a regular dairy ice cream. Favorite vacation and why? It hasn't happened yet because it needs to combine dance, yoga, and other experiences. So that, again, is on my list. But places I would like to go are New York City, which I talked about, Singapore, Australia, New Zealand, Italy, Greece, France, England, Africa, <laughs> Canada. So all over the world, that that is my goal. So the vacation hasn't happened yet. But when it does, um, I'm, I'll be sure to talk about it. Favorite way to relax and why I would say massage and body treatments, which I haven't had in a long time. <laughs> but I love spa treatments for sure. Favorite Star Wars character and why? 
I like the obvious ones like Yoda because of how wise he is portrayed to be. But I like the ones, oh my gosh, this is going to be silly, that are in the cantina in this one scene. I think Jar Jar Binks is in it. Although I don't really like Jar Jar Binks, but I like this scene in the cantina with the music and stuff because it's funny and it makes me laugh. <laughs> so I guess you could say the group of Star Wars characters I like are the, the ones that are having fun. My favorite Bible verse I would say Jeremiah 29, 11 and Matthew 6, 26, you can look those up, but it has to do with God's plans of just good for you and your life and uh, how he takes care of you. So those are the two. You can look those up. My favorite book, I definitely can't say a favorite book, but I can tell you a book that I'm absolutely loving right now is called Tinker, Dabble, Doodle, Try, Unlock the Power of the Unfocused Mind. And it's by someone not someone, this guy named, oh gosh, I'm not going to pronounce it right, Srini Pillay. Anyway, I'll link it in the show notes at annettebone.com forward slash 150. And I like how he talks about productivity and self-development in the in terms of having it be unfocused. And there's lots of reference, lots of references to dance and music, which I love. So that's the book that I'm getting so much out of right now. But I'm also reading Tribe of Mentors by Tim Ferriss. I pretty much like anything by Tim Ferriss. So uh, that that book, if if you see my book right now, I have all these little post-it notes and marks on this book. I know he has everything uh, condensed and con- uh, consolidated with the list of references, but I still like to mark things up. So next, favorite author? Well, you heard me talk about Tim Ferriss and then this book I'm reading, but I also love Brendan Burchard because I love his content. I love the way that he talks about stuff, about self-development and productivity. Favorite Disney character and why? (laughs) I'm not a fan of Disney. I'm sorry, but I do like Pocahontas and Mulan because they represent bravery, tenacity, and compassion. Thank you, Lisa, for those fun questions. Oh my goodness. Okay, now from Donna Aragante, the Essence Muse brand strategist. Amazing. Oh my goodness, she is awesome. So you need to check her out as well. I've had her on the show as well. So these are her questions to me. What is your best advice about how to prioritize or make time for dance when life is happening all around you? Example, raising kids, family, building a business, etc. I would say ask yourself why you want to prioritize it. Why do you want to prioritize dance? How much time can you allot for it? What is it that you want to accomplish out of it? And don't be discouraged if you have to take small steps. Even if you just take one class a week or watch one dance tutorial, I think you need to ask yourself these questions and more as to how best to prioritize your time because everybody's situation is different. How do you stay on track with training? That is a great question. I reassess and adjust a lot. I remind myself how far I've come and it motivates me to continue. And I look for new ways and thought processes to approach training. That's how I stay on track with it. Next question. What do all your guests have in common when it comes to achieving success or overcoming challenges through dance? What they have in common is they're not afraid to do things even if they don't have all the answers. I answered part of that question when uh, Joey asked that about the commonality as well. And they don't wait to be perfect. I think it, it warrants bringing up again is that they don't wait to be perfect. And they do things and adjust. Next question. What is the most unexpected surprise that you've ever experienced on your show? 
on my show, not anything yet. On the actual recording of the show, I haven't experienced <laughs> unexpected surprises. Well, technical difficulties, but that is to be expected sometimes. But I can tell you a serendipity of doing the podcast is doing voiceover work, which I never thought I would do either that I'd actually be interested in it. And I do voiceover work now for a top rated business podcast. I love it. And I still have to laugh to myself because I thought, oh, my goodness, here I am doing this stuff, the podcast, the voiceover work, speaking. English wasn't my first language. I had to go through speech therapy when I was in kindergarten, first grade. And I was so self-conscious about the way I spoke, the way I looked. Oh, my gosh. And here I am doing, <laughs> doing all these public things. It's kind of funny. So that is a serendipity. But the surprise, the unexpected surprise besides technical difficulties is yet to come. Okay, last question. What are your top one to three lessons that you've learned from your guests that has changed your life forever? I've learned a lot, but here are three I can share that I know will help you as well. Number one, it's not always about the content. It's about your approach. And that is from my incredible trainer and dear friend, David Bagley, who I've had on the show. So yeah, it's that's that's been huge for me. And I love how he always challenges me to continue asking myself the hard questions and uh, reassessing different approaches, not always about the content. Number two, look at failures as experiments from the lovely Gina Chanel. And wow, that is a really great reminder because failures are such great learning experiences and experiments. The third thing is the importance of your unique journey and preserving legacy, having honor for history and thinking about how you make others feel in their presence. And I was reminded about that from Arnel Calvario, who is the president of Culture Shock, founder of Kaba Modern and from Kinjas and just an amazing individual all around. And he's impacted so many people just by being who he is and the love and energy that he brings to every situation that he's a part of. So those are the three lessons that I've learned that have changed my life and have reminded me. And I love learning from the guests I've had. They've all been incredible. If you have any questions for me, I would love to answer them in my private Facebook group, The Dancepreneuring Collective. Send me a direct message and I would love to add you, get to know you better and answer your questions. If you found this podcast helpful or any of the other sessions helpful, I would really appreciate a rating and review. And for you to subscribe on either Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio or Google Play. And that way I can continue improving it as well as get your name out on a future session of The Dancepreneuring Studio. Thank you for celebrating episode 150 with me. It has been awesome to do something different. And until next time, I pray that you have an exceptional week and more blessings than you can imagine. I look forward to spending time with you again. Thank you for listening. This has been a session of the Dancepreneuring Studio. Find the archives of this show at annettebone.com slash podcast or on iTunes. Contact Annette at AnnetteBone.com. This podcast copyright by AnnetteBone.com and Dancepreneuring.com. All rights reserved.
The Dancepreneuring Studio is the place where dance inspires life and business.